0: Love, talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Decision New York 2018, a um, series of podcasts on New York's 2018 gubernatorial race between um, the incumbent Andrew Cuomo and his Republican challenger, Marcus Molinaro. My name is Rich Lee. I'm an associate professor in the Jan Dolly School of Communication at St. Bonaventure University, and I'm joined by four students um, who are in an honors class studying the um, governor's elections. They are Rachel Collins, Hannah Legacy, Emma Costenbader, and Andrew LaMartina. Thank you, four of you, for joining us. And um, we're gonna, we've been doing the last couple of podcasts on specific issues, and you know, today we're going to talk about one which um, has come up a couple times during the campaign, and that's the legalization of recreational marijuana. And as you know, when the course started, um, I asked you know, the students to kind of brainstorm, and I was curious to see what sort of issues were important to you, especially this um, election cycle, because young people, you know, seem to be playing a more important role. And you know, you, you know groups came up with a lot of the traditional ones: education, economy, uh, but legalization of recreational marijuana was up there, and it's also come up in the campaign a couple of times in the debates and things like that. But um, before we, you know, start a discussion, I wonder if you could just you know, fill in the listeners on where the issue stands right now. Andrew, can you speak to what's happening statewide? Yeah,
0: Yeah. so um, recently the health department um, came out with a report and they basically said that the state should have a more, like, regulated market Um, and that way there would be an increase in tax revenue and then less arrests for uh, minor offenses. Um, Cuomo's current stance on it, he's kind of reluctantly accepting. I think that, I mean, in the past he has called it a gateway drug, um, but at the same time, he recognizes that um, New York State is changing. Um, so although he himself um, is not personally for the um, legalization of recreational marijuana, um, he seems to be acknowledging that it's kind of like heading in the direction that it's gonna be legalized.
1: Okay, and um, his opponent, um, Mark Valinaro, um where does he stand on, on the issue?
2: Uh, He's mostly for it in terms of more medical use because of his personal connection to it with his son needing it for his own uh, academic issues. Um, So he would be, if he did win the election, he would probably be more likely to uh, legalize it, especially in terms of medical medical use. Um, But recreationally, he is somewhat supportive, but not quite open.
1: Yeah, it's just like a lot of issues, you know, we talked about health care, the economy, there's there's medicinal marijuana, and there's recreational marijuana, but, you know, the health department did look pretty in-depth at the, the issue. So, Rachel, what are some of the pros, like, that people are talking about for why, you know, this legalization should happen?
3: Yeah, so the health department report said, uh, they cited all the tax revenue that New York would get and all the benefits to education and other areas of society that uh, could definitely use those funds, there's a lot of health benefits, just like people like Mark Millinara's son or cancer patients or all the medical benefits. And then they also cited how a lot of minorities are like disproportionately arrested and are charged with these sort of crimes. So there's certainly a racial element there that could be addressed and solved with the legalization.
1: Okay. And like all issues, there's, you know, pros and cons. So Hannah, can you talk about some of the reasons people might be against this?
4: Um, well, for one thing, there's all the this- things that marijuana can do, like, to one's senses when they use it, like, you know, um, changes in mood, impaired body movement, impaired memory, that sort of thing, but also just, like, there isn't really a clear way to test it, like, with alcohol, there's, you know, that that they can use, but with marijuana, there isn't really that yet, so that's something that's, that's worried about.
1: Okay, good. Uh, I'm going to stay with you, Hannah, and kind of uh, go around. And as I said, it was an issue that came up as one that was important to most people in the class. I mean, well, why is this an important issue to you?
4: Um, well, I don't. It wouldn't affect me, but there are people that it does affect. So, you know, when talking about why it's important to me, you know, I, t- you know, I'm right. talking about people that I know that it would impact. And one thing that Uh, bothers me a little bit about it the fact that it's illegal is that alcohol is legal and it's actually more dangerous than marijuana is in some cases because like you can die from alcohol poisoning but you can't die from a marijuana overdose you know (laughs) so that's that's partially why it's important to me is just because you know I know I know people and also just you know why keep it illegal in this way when alcohol is legal.
1: Yeah, there are some inequities there and certainly we're seeing, you know, culture and society is changing with a lot of other states have already legalized it. Andrew, what are your thoughts on, you know, why you think this is an important issue? So, do you, I mean,
0: what I say to you, maybe not you personally, but you, your generation. Right. Um, I think what it really comes down to is um, just like having uh, more freedom. I mean, and like She said, if alcohol is legal and it's arguably worse for you than marijuana is, then why shouldn't marijuana be legal? And I think um, it would make it so that, like, low-level offenses regarding, um, like, marijuana use or possession or whatever, um, that would keep these people from going to jail. And a lot of times the way that the justice system kind of works is you get these low-level offenders and they spend however much time in prison, even if it's a shorter sentence, and then they kind of come out a little bit more hardened criminals. Um, and it's just kind of a broken system. And you take these people who are nonviolent and you put them in that, and the net results are just worse than if they hadn't gone to jail at all. Yeah, and of course, keeping someone in jail is expensive, you know, too,
1: and which affects the taxpayers. Okay. Emma, your thoughts?
2: Um, so I actually have a little bit of a adage almost. Um, My father was sick for a while and he needed medical marijuana to eat, to start sustaining muscle, whatever. And it was very difficult for him to get medical marijuana, which is what his doctors prescribed him. So I think, especially getting older and realizing that it's not as dangerous as it was presumed to be in the 70s, 80s, back when it was a really, really predominant illegality and crazy to do and stuff. um, I think, especially now that we're older and we're starting to realize that it's not as dangerous as it was or as it, it's not. Yeah. Um, I think the medicinal use is really, really important, especially for cancer patients because there's really no advancements on the cure for cancer. It's, you know, the silent killer, and I think that medical marijuana at least helps them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there seems to be general agreement that the uh, medical marijuana is a benefit. It's just, I guess, once you do that, then there's some debate over legalizing it just for recreational use.
3: Rachel, what do you? Yeah, I have a similar uh, story to that. My best friend in high school had Ewing sarcoma, which is a form of cancer. So she had a like softball-sized tumor in her upper leg, and she lost a lot of weight and just was unable to eat. But like the medical marijuana was what really like helped her turn the corner. Actually, and it was really hard for her to get. Like she had to go through her father because she was a minor, and it just like was super difficult and such. But even because of that, like I'm all for medical marijuana, I don't favor legalization, especially at the national level. I think there's room for limited reforms, particularly if you're looking at like criminal justice and like minorities being like disproportionately affected. Like that's something we need to take a look at. But I don't think that the like tax revenue and all of the financial benefits outweigh uh, like the things that would come out of it. And the consequences.
1: Yeah, I think what happens sometimes people look at you know the dollar figures and you know forget about you know what the you know long-term effects are going to be and you also pointed out you know something good that even though medical marijuana is legal it's not that easy you know to get and i've heard you know similar stories from other people that you know it's you know doctors can prescribe it but there's a number of steps you have to go through um i'm going to stay with you um you know rachel and kind of You know, go around again with like one last question. We don't know. I mean, we're kind of in limbo right now. This report came out from the state health department. You know, Cuomo seems to be taking a wait-and-see attitude. Um, I think we're all kind of assuming he's going to win the election. It's not a given, but I think, you know, we're thinking that way. What do you think happens post-election in New York State? Is it going to become, is recreational marijuana going to become legal?
3: I think it will eventually, but I think Cuomo is very cautious and very calculated. So he's going to wait until Massachusetts and New Jersey do it so that he has some neighbors to just establish more precedent. And then I think he'll try and learn from the mistakes that we've seen in Oregon and Colorado where either the tax, the tax rates were too high so people started to or continue to just buy illegally or just learn and establish a good framework so that way he doesn't have to deal with like the social implications that came out of those like tests.
1: Yeah, I think one thing we've seen from following the campaign is Andrew Cuomo was very shrewd and, you know, was going to calculate what's, you know, best for him politically, and, you know, you know, then, like you said, he'll see what other states are doing and learn from their mistakes and from what they did right, and, you know, that move mm-hmm. accordingly in New York. Okay. Emma?
2: Um, I agree, uh, I, but I do think that he's, he might come out before Massachusetts and follow New Jersey's footsteps. Uh, since they just legalized recreational marijuana. Um, I think they're very close. I think they're very entwined. Uh, I think he's going to make a different decision and surprise us all in a sense. Um,
1: yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be the first time he surprises us. I know we all talked about how we were surprised during this first debate during the primary. You know, made it pretty clear he was not going to run for president. You know, so um, at the end, I think we had discussed the quest one day also what you had just said that if New Jersey legalizes it, it's going to be put pressure on New York because it's the neighboring state, and you're going to have people crossing the border, you know, just to buy marijuana. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and, Andrew, your your predictions. For
0: that. Yeah, so um, I think that um, Cynthia Nixon has definitely put a lot of pressure on Cuomo um, to legalize it because she was definitely very, very much pro-recreational um, use of marijuana. Yeah. Um, and I think that since you're getting all these... Um, Areas around New York State that are beginning the process of legalizing it, like um, New Jersey and Massachusetts, or even to our north, or neighbors in Ontario. Um, I think that the trend is kind of moving towards um, pro recreational use, and I think that Cuomo accepts that, even if he doesn't personally agree with it. So I definitely think it's moving um, to be re- legalized recreationally.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, you're right. She definitely, Cynthia Nixon definitely pushed them. You know, further to the left or in the primary, and then like a lot of candidates, he's moving back towards center as much as he can, you know, for the general election. And, and, and Hannah, you get the final say today yeah, <laughs> on what's going to happen with this issue.
4: Well, I don't really have really much else to say besides what's already been said, you know, just, it's going to happen. You know, it's really just a matter of time, I think.
1: Okay, <laughs> okay. well, I guess, we, you know, we'll all find out, I don't know if we'll find out anything you know, before the end of this semester, but you know, maybe you know, post-election he'll talk a little bit. Of, I mean, he's going to have a lot of issues to deal with post-election, and you know, this is one that's been mentioned, but certainly hasn't been up there with with all the others. So, anyway, thank you all for taking part in um, what is the final in a series of podcasts on the governor's election with um, students from an honors class at Saint Bonaventure University. I've been speaking with Rachel Collins, Hannah Legacy, and Macastenbader. Andrew Al-Martina, my name is Rich Lee. Thanks for listening, and have a good day.